This is your Week in Gaming, episode 4, recorded for the 7th of April 2023, to bring you all the latest news from the world of gaming. On today's episode of the podcast, I look at maps, Chris is handheld, Sam talks pixels, and Richard is a seal. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode four of your week in gaming. Thank you so much for, for tuning in and everything, and uh, happy holiday weekend to a lot of you. I know that here in South Africa, there's a long weekend, which means a lot of games will be played or just going into the wilderness. Uh, I'm here with my co-hosts again, Richard, Sam, and Chris. Hello, everyone. Did you say going into the wilderness? Yes, like touching grass. Like in Minecraft. <laughs> oh i get it now i get it now okay fair enough <laughs> or in farming simulator as we've got planned for this this weekend um, uh, speak for yourself it, well, at least with some of us along with uh sun haven as well at some stage <laughs> but uh sam any plans for the uh the holiday weekend rest i have been working my little behind off for like a week and i have like three days off which in like in esports esports doesn't care about your public holidays mm -hmm. but it just so happened that i have four days off on the long weekend so i'm going to rest i'm gonna sleep i'm gonna play video games and i'm gonna turn off my twitter fantastic yourself richard was it just me or was twitter's logo the doge today yes <laughs> for like two days yes <laughs> what happened why did they do that memes I think you know, Musk is trying to, you know, to seal on me. Yeah, he's memeing. <laughs> uh, I've got big plans for this weekend, Andrew. I uh, plan to redo my VLANs on my main switch. So, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Big excitement. Was that English? <laughs> and then, Chris, what have I'm you got planned? Probably going to buy some Dogecoin, seeing that Elon keeps like pushing it up by 20% every time he changes the Twitter logo. Um, <laughs> but besides from that, uh, just respite. It's very similar to Sam's, but uh, I have not been working hard. I am just old and have given up on life. I was going to say must be nice, but never mind. <laughs> Gaming news now. And Activision has started to issue DMCAs to Fortnite 2.0 creative map designers for old Call of Duty themed maps, Game Rant reports. For those that are still under the, uh, the rocks by the pond with me, Fortnite Creative 2.0, or Unreal Editor for Fortnite, is a sandbox metagame that allows players to create maps and game modes. Players have showed their ingenuity by recreating maps from other games, as well as the, uh, the first Chapter 1 Battle Royale map of uh, Fortnite. Even though Epic did warn players about the use of IP, some still showed maps, uh, or some still created maps, such as Shipment and Rust from Call of Duty Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2, respectively. Uh, since then, many videos, images, tweets, and other media of these maps, including the maps themselves, have been deleted from the uh, following the takedown notices by Activision. Whilst there's still some grey areas within the law around this, it is at least it still shows their popularity by players recreating these things, maybe for nostalgia purposes, and hopefully similar maps can be brought back into the uh, the fray. Obviously, following whatever laws need to be followed. But what are your thoughts on this? On maps being recreated for other games that were released in 2007 and 2009. So I'm not sure that I quite understand the problem here. These are normal people, the you and me's of the world, who have gone into this mode and made a map. 
You know, okay. think a la like <laughs> Minecraft. I've now created Westeros. Like, wh a, what? What is the problem? <laughs> it's called infringing on intellectual. <laughs> No, but like the UNB of the world, I wouldn't be making Fortnite maps. <laughs> no, same, but I mean, like, not game devs, okay? Like, it's not like Fortnite has taken these COD maps and has said, now play Fortnite on these COD maps. Like, it's just people making stuff. Like, no one cared when Westeros was made in Minecraft. And I mean, to be fair, that was amazing. Whoever did that, yeah. I can't remember who it was, but that was like freaking phenomenal. But no one cared. It, it was it was IP, but no one cared. It was just somebody making a cool homage. To something that they really liked. So, what the problem is? I think the difference is um, Minecraft and Game of Thrones are not competing. You know, yeah, uh, they're not competitors. Exactly yeah. So you've got two competitors, yeah, mm. and the one map, or you know, one one guy's map is being you know ported into a into a competitor's game, I and mean, that's a huge problem. What do you like, Minecraft or Game of Thrones? <laughs> you can't like both. <laughs> but, but it's not like it's going into the official pool. Like Fortnite haven't come out and said this is our map now. It, it's just a person that did a thing. I mean, look, at the end of the day, my, my response to this is Kreifio, because you were told, like, <laughs> <laughs> you were told, don't do IP stuff. But I also just don't understand why it's an issue, unless is it, is Fortnite this, actually said, this is our map now. Is this like a custom game mode thing? So is there like a scripting thing where you can create a custom game mode inside the Fortnite engine? Or is it just a custom map to do the Battle Royale shrinking circle? So so I think it's more just about the maps themselves. You can create some sort of modes as well, but often it's like invite-only kind of uh, pools and stuff. So again, it comes down to like, I don't see the big reason for this. People are still playing Fortnite. People are still playing the uh, the maps. There's a handful of people who are maybe like, oh, I want to play Fortnite on Shipment that was part of Call, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare uh, that released in 2007. I mean... I understand it's it's Activision's uh you know intellectual property and everything but also it's 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 not to my knowledge it's not on any of the uh, the recreation uh Call of Duties if it is I understand but if it was only appeared back in 2007 what what's the problem Mhm mm I am fully yeah, behind think, Activision Yeah I think to get away Said with no this one you kind ever. of have to straddle the, <laughs> you have to straddle the line between like fair use rights maybe um, where you can use the, you know, you can use copyrighted or or trademark stuff with the without asking for permission and getting permission, but it's got to be for uh, research or teaching yep. or uh, for it can't just be you know to further the base game itself and that's kind of where this is sitting. Yeah. You like, there's no argument that you're ever going to create recreate a map from from. Uh, Call of Duty into Fortnite for research or teaching purposes, maybe in a class, <laughs> but then you're not going to release it out to the public. And even then, why would you need to recreate a map? You can just create your own one, because there's more uh, there's more learning and teaching in that than there is in recreating one anyway. So this is like you know, there's no defensible reason for this. You know, people recreate things all the time. Doom's been recreated in countless engines. Uh, Half-Life One was recreated in the Source Two engine. And you know all of those all of those things have been done over and over again, but they get done with permission from the original publishers, and it's a it's like a commercial project. This is just it's it's a little silly. I, I unless there's a way for the creators and the people that are making these maps to make money from it, I don't think it's necessary to 
be threatening them with lawsuits but again they have every right to do it so i mean i'm i'm not i don't hate activision for this i think it's it's their it's their right to to defend their intellectual property fully agreed i think if you want to play a call of duty theme map buy an activision game fair i just think it's petty just in a like yeah i don't disagree it's very (laughs) petty i don't disagree at all with that i don't and it's definitely rich coming from activision they've got so much nonsense going on at the moment it's very funny that's also probably why could be, could be. All right, well, moving along then. Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster Series. This came out last year on PC. It is now going to be available on PS4 and Switch later this month, 19th of April. So what is the Pixel Master Series? What's well, exactly what it sounds like. Uh, it's the entire Final Fantasy series, which has been updated with new 2D pixel graphics. I know new and 2D don't really sound, it feels like a bit of an oxymoron, but there you go. Uh, new 2D pixel graphics designed for HD displays. They have rearranged a lot of the soundtracks with like the original composer and whatever. Improved graphics and gameplay features, not graphics, gameplay, uh, and a modernized UI and auto battle options. They've added a whole ton of stuff to this. The console version will also come with some neat changes like new fonts, because that that really gets my engine going, man. New fonts. Uh, they will also, it'll also come with the ability to turn off random encounters this is slightly more impactful than new fonts uh in a fun little hack you can also increase the speed at which you gain experience by up to four times which doesn't sound busted at all you just move a slider i now get four times more experience from things dope uh you'll be able to get all six games in the series on console which you can either buy in a convenient bundle for $75, or you can get the first three games for $12 each and the last three games for $18 each. Buying the six games individually would set you back $90. So the bundle is pretty much a bargain if you're a lover of the whole series. Additionally, if you buy before the 25th of May, you will receive some console-specific in-game cosmetics. I think Switch gets, like, wallpapers, and PlayStation gets, like, an avatar or something. And each game comes with its own wallpaper or avatar. And obviously, if you buy the bundle, then you get all of them. Square Enix is also set to release physical copies in stores. So if you love physical copies, you can get that. And there's also going to be an anniversary edition, which would include all games, take note, Blizzard, as well as an art book. A two-disc picture vinyl record set, so essentially the soundtrack, but it'll also come with an MP3 code because we're not all boomers that just arbitrarily have record players. Um, And also you wouldn't want to damage the vinyls, so there you go. Uh, Then uh, the the physical box that the disc comes in will also have a pretty lenticular sleeve, and the copy or the anniversary set also comes with eight mini pixel figurines, and this whole bundle would set you back about $260. So there you go. If you are a console pleb and uh, you're a fan of Final Fantasy, you want the Pixel games, it is now available for pre-order and whatnot. So what do you think is the the main driver of everyone loving Pixel sort of gameplay and, and art and visuals? Stardew. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it's nostalgia more than anything else. I kind of have to agree with Sam. I think, you know, the drive back to, to 2D kind of pixely graphics. I think Stardew was one of the uh, the big drivers to that. There's probably other games that came out that were probably just as impactful when they were released that are also in this similar art style, perhaps. That's probably one of the, uh, the, the bigger reasons. I mean, it sounds cool. I'm a big fan of the Final Fantasy games. I spent a lot of uh, time playing them as well back on the PlayStation 1, Final Fantasy 7. 
which was, I think, three CDs back then, which was quite something back in the day. I, I like the fact that they're actually releasing the game with the nice collector bundles and not trying to pull a Blizzard. Uh, $260 for all of it, though? I mean, it's not bad, especially if you are a collector and uh, you enjoy the Final Fantasy stuff. I think most of that price goes to the the vinyls. Vinyls tend to be quite pricey in and of themselves. And the vinyls are beautiful. Like, um, they really are. There are pictures on them, like pixel art, whatever, on each of the two vinyl discs. So it, it's really stunning. Uh, and then obviously the, the little figurines, because those are always just expensive. But they are like 2D pixel, Not maybe not 2D, but they're like pixel figurines which to me is hideous so i i personally wouldn't want that but you know if, if other people have 260 dollars to throw on that then uh go off kings and queens and non-binary monarchs richard would you add this to your vinyl collection i know you have quite an extensive vinyl collection. <laughs> I, I, have a single, I have a single vinyl one single vinyl that i bought in 2002 from a record store when i was in england it's a remix of a song called Definitely by DJ Dana, and I have no idea why I bought it, but I still have it, and I, it's not even that good. <laughs> <laughs> wow! I knew somebody here was going to have an actual vinyl record. Oh, I've got a whole boatload <laughs> as well. And for some reason, I all, we all thought it was going to be Richard. <laughs> Look, I, I just, I just thought he probably played them. I've mine are in the garage, and they're all my parents, and they're like my little boys. Yeah, I have an entire cabinet full of uh, inherited vinyls that are all uh, recordings of classical music pieces and all that sort of stuff. That's yeah. a family heirloom that I'm not allowed to ever get rid of. Yeah, you can. You just throw it away and just pretend you got robbed. That's <laughs> <laughs> dope. I'll, I'll definitely, if I could, I would get the vinyls just to listen to it once, and then put them away, like on, a, you know, put them into like a nice little display case and mm-hmm. put it on the wall. You know, in like yeah, a I, little I, I don't care for I don't care for special editions that come with a load of nonsense. I like it if I wanted stuff to do with Final Fantasy, I'm gonna get my money's worth over and over again by rather going into a pop culture store that sells the stuff and picking out my own uh, yeah. collectibles and statues and all that sort of stuff. Sure, it's like a one of a kind thing that you're gonna get from the the the. Uh, collector's edition but i mean it's not like these things have massive resale value and become collector's items except for the super rare cases and for some reason um don't quote me on this but i don't think the final fantasy pixel remaster series is going to turn into like a cult classic in 30 years time so i'm I, I, it's it's it, I, w- I would need to be a super fan to care about this sort of stuff and i get that those people do exist and i'm all you know go crazy if 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 they do but if i'm not paying 260 dollars to get a lenticular sleeve so that i can turn it around and see some sort of holographic thing on the front when i can just buy it on steam for like what 20 dollars 75 for all six of them yeah Yeah, so it's it's literally like a quarter of the price Uh, you know so uh, uh, and all i'm losing out is a few a few mini figures and a holographic cover of a of a game cd like i'm not i'm not bothered but if you want if you if you do want that you know, I'm not going to knock you for buying it. I feel I feel like we are going to end up quoting you because <laughs> you said something in passing last week, which has kind of made you a seer. So just so you know, I'm going to be keeping this for prosperity reasons <laughs> for 30 years from yeah. now. <laughs> last week, I made the offhand comment that E3 is likely not going to be long for this world. And just two days after that, the announcement was made that the world's most iconic gaming expo has been cancelled for 2023 and for the foreseeable future. The writing might have been on the wall already, but it's still a sad day for the games industry with the show being one of the many, being one that many of us look forward to 
because it allows us allowed us mere mortals to feast on all the upcoming and playing game releases from studios big and small. The expo started way back in 1995, and for the first few years it was an industry-only event, only opening up to games, games media, and journalists. But that slowly changed into what it is now, or was in the last event in 2021. So after 26 years in existence, it looks like it's time to pour out a drink for the Electronic Entertainment Expo. In the immortal words of 2019's Keanu Reeves at the Cyberpunk 2077 launch. You're breathtaking. Yeah, it's pretty sad. I mean, we used to, it was an annual event for me and a few friends. We used to get around and like watch it. Uh, maybe not in person, but you know, every time a new trailer came on, there would be at least one person in a group of 10 that would be like, oh my god, this is the best game I've ever seen. I can't wait. Even though we knew that it was five years away or more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that 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 whole like three days of constant press releases and constant live shows and and showcases of games and you know it it became quite a big thing and there are others there's Gamescom um, and there's that one in Germany that I forget the name of now that still exist and they're still going to carry on so it's not like games expos are dead it's just one but it is the most iconic one it's the one most of us will associate with gaming expos um, and new releases. So it it's very sad. It it's it, uh it made me sad when I saw it. Yeah, I think we you know we've discussed it on the uh, the podcast before, but I think this is also just going to, you know, the fact that Bethesda is doing their own thing, Ubisoft's doing their own thing, everybody's doing their own thing on their own services or own platforms and things, and I think that's pretty much what was I think one of the driving things that actually just caused the uh, the end of this because wasn't the one in 2021 wasn't there like big companies that actually just pulled out also near the end I feel like yeah. EA was one of them that pulled out so there was a couple of people that we were expecting some big announcements for and they just pulled out and I think that just caused the collapse effect of well, well, eventually well even this. at the last one in 2019 you know like it's always been a thing where they would have uh, in the actual convention venue, they would have the the big uh, press shows and the big showcases. They would have them in the venue. But even towards the end in the last 2020, 21 venues, what, what companies were doing, like I know that Bethesda did it and Nintendo did it as well. They would just have their event on that same weekend somewhere near E3. So they wouldn't have to pay all the big fees and that to join it, but they would still sort of jump on the the back of that whole spectacle that is E3, you know? So they would still just hire out a a close convention center. So, you know, ever since then, even it's been coming, I think that people were just not, maybe the the pricing of being part of it, you know, into the millions of dollars just sort of started to become not worth it to those companies. But, you know, either way, however however it happened, it's still very sad. And and Reed Expo, they're behind Comic-Con as well. So let's hope that that's, that at least that will keep going in some shape or form. I think it's a massive opportunity for all all of that spectacle around game trailers. Uh, it's already started moving to like the game awards. I think like people are now revealing new games at the game awards every year. So there's just I think more opportunity for that to shift digitally to these other um, sessions. So I think Richard, you can still in, you know engage with your friends on those great trailers coming around. Mm-hmm. I mean, there'll just be I think different touch points throughout the year, so it'll change. Yeah, it's exactly. not gone. It's, you know, it's, not, it's yeah. It's yeah, it's it's still there. The the nature of gamers and gaming won't change. Um, just the channel by which we consume that media changes. So I'm not too sad. I think physical events they're big, they're messy, they're loud, and they're hella expensive. I mean, even locally, taking part of events like this is is insanely expensive. So I mean, I'm I'm all for digital. But I know a lot of people don't have that access, or maybe have those fond memories of going. I know a lot of local games journalists used to go every year, and it's probably heavy sad. Um, 
but yeah, for me personally, as long as I still get those trailers and those experiences, I'm still happy. Uh, I did notice just before we started recording, about an hour before we started recording, there was a, a couple of press releases came out about Gamescom, which is the, the sort of, I guess, the now now going to be the most iconic game uh, expo in the world. And they said that it, the, uh, Jeff Knightley tweeted out that Gamescom is going to go ahead this year and will be on August 22nd um, yeah, in Germany. So I don't know. Maybe yes. he took the gap <laughs> to to advertise his. Uh, well, I guess his knees actually not much to do with it, but it will be on the twenty second of August this year, Gamescom Germany. So get your visas or whatever booked if you want to go. Well, so uh, my soon to be successors. Another game demo that I played that has been quite cool. Bramble the Mountain King. Bit of a weird name, but it's pretty cool. It is a little indie game, grim adventure set in a world inspired by Dork. Dork? Dark Nordic fables. Um, explore the beautiful but twisted land of Bramble as you play as Ola on an adventure to rescue your sister who's been kidnapped by a troll. But like Nordic troll. So like turns to stone in the sunlight type vibes. Not like frozen trolls that roll up into b- balls and become boulders. Weird. Anyway, yeah. Uh, you traverse the land, encountering all manner of creatures and will need to keep your wits about you as you determine whether to approach them or hide away. Be prepared for epic boss battles and tense, heart-pounding moments with atmospheric music and high-end visuals to match. The demo is currently available on Steam, so go and check that out. I played that uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, it had me squealing and terrified. Uh, jump scares abound. Uh, I think I've got a, a, a reel on TikTok where I just scream for the whole way through because uh, things kept jumping out at me and it wasn't great. It wasn't great, but it was great. Even if it is a quite a short demo, uh, I instantly wish-listed it as soon as I finished playing the demo. I'm a sucker for anything Nordic, so I was already hooked, but the game itself is so beautiful. The music is stunning. That There were literally moments where I just stopped and I was like, wow, this music is incredible. I just you know, stopped to appreciate it. It's really good. So I can't wait for the full release. According to Steam, it should release later this month. I think it's said around the 27th or something, so definitely go check it out if you have like 45 minutes or so to spare. It is a very, very short demo. Uh, but it does give you a good idea of what you'll be doing. And uh, yeah, I, I, I highly recommend. I'll take game titles that I don't think would give me jump scares for 500, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> eh, I mean, Bramble the Mountain King, it doesn't really... Ah, sorry, so, <laughs> so in the um in the, the demo, you like come up against... You don't actually fight this, this creature. Uh, so I don't know how the boss battles... I don't know if this is intended as a boss battle, if this like sequence of events or if you actually fight it. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but you come up against this... Originally, I thought it was like a Pied Piper type thing. So he's like playing music and it draws children. But it's not the Pied Piper because Pied Piper is like German. So this is like a Nordic folk creature. Really scary dude. Um, when, like there's moments where he like comes right up his face is like right up on your screen and he is he's just terrifying and he like chases you so uh like you're jumping from like lily pad to lily pad and he'll like pop up out of the water and try and reach for you and grab you and you have to like keep running and then there's moments he's got this like violin and while you're running you've got to hide behind boulders and if you don't hide behind the boulder then you get killed by a sound wave Uh, and then you'll like run into a a stream and you have to traverse the stream while this dude again is chasing you and then you like fall off of a waterfall and so there's like this whole fucking sequence and i'm not sure again if that is technically the boss battle or if it's like the lead up and then at the end 
with the thing that's not in the demo is that you then fight the boss. I, I, I genuinely don't know, but it looks really good from the little bit that I got to play. It sounds really cool. I also like the uh, the fact that it's based, you know, in Nordic culture. I've got a, a, a big fascination about the Nordic culture. Games like Valheim that kind of, you know, knock on a little bit of that that kind of uh, world. I really, really enjoy. And uh, if it, it looks stunning, music's good. So it's going to be going onto my wish list, which is a lot shorter now after I got rid of some things reconsidering. But uh, if Sargon adds it to his, I think uh, his list is going to be excruciatingly long, if that's even still the correct word to use. Oh, it probably is. Um, Sam, but I have a question for you again. I like the, what happened with Frozen? Like, did you not enjoy the movie? Like, it seems like you touched. <laughs> Listen, I love Frozen. It's like one of my favorite Disney movies of all time. But like, that's not a real troll. Okay, that is yeah. a Disney-fied troll. That, that was basically the point I was making. It's like the Disney movie Hercules. Love that movie so much. The soundtrack, Michael Bolton. Oh, take me now. But like, that ain't Hercules. Zeus had more than one kid, believe you me. And they did not welcome Meg with like arms wide open. And Hercules was not a very good husband to Meg. Like, that is not, it is a Disneyfied version. It is not accurate. <laughs> I don't know why I find all the names so funny, but imagine being Hercules and then like having a kid and calling it Meg. <laughs> well, well, it's so underwhelming. No, the, the woman's name is Megara, and it was Meg for short. I would insist that nobody calls me Meg if my name was Megara. I'd be like, no, nah, that's not what I like to be called. <laughs> Meg, right, we're, weird of place Zeus. to make your stand, but fair enough. Yeah, Meg, daughter of Zeus, just sounds so underwhelming as opposed to Megara. So, uh,. This week, uh, we just went past April 1st, and as many of you will know, games companies, tech companies love this day. They'll do, you know, diapers for gamers I've seen in the past. Oh, great, great day, full of memes, haha. Um, but uh, this year, we had a, a surprising twist on April 1st. So, um, in news where, you know, the Steam Deck is moving over, Asus revealed its ROG Ally, which is uh, a definitely a real handheld PC device. So we all know that these components of gaming companies have that deep and meaningful relationship with April Fool's Day. So when Asus announced its uh, genuine-looking ROG Ally on April 1st this year, no one was really sure if it was meant to be a joke or an attempt to float the idea to the general public before actually announcing the hardware. Was the hardware real? Just was not very clear. So what the heck is the Asus ROG Ally, I hear you ask? Um, well, it's supposedly to be a new handheld old gaming PC from Asus. It, would, it was actually announced on April 1st with all the other obligatory gaming and tech joke products. Um, this one just had a very well shot video, promo reel, tons of companion images, gameplay images. It just all looked very, very real. Um, however, everyone thought it was a, just another gag. Why? Because they announced this product on April 1st. You wouldn't announce a real product on April 1st, would you? Like, that doesn't make sense. Surely not. Um, well, surprise, people, uh, because as it turns out, um, it's not a joke product. The Asus Rock Ally is real. Um, it's coming for the Steam Deck, and uh, it's going to be powered by a custom AMD hardware and feature higher refresh rates across more pixels than the Steam Deck. Um, so I guess the joke was that it wasn't an April Fool's joke at all. I don't know. Ha ha, I guess. Very confusing. We thought that you thought that we fooled you. Ha! Fooled you. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't seem... It doesn't seem like the greatest marketing ploy to go and put something out like this that is probably as big as this on April Fool's Day. But 
the the idea that Asus is teaming up with AMD and them to actually do this and to create something that is going to uh, contest the Steam Deck seems pretty cool. I actually haven't seen pictures of it. I'm actually going to look at some of them right now. So it's a it's a really cool concept. And I think if you had announced this on any day, you would have had everyone talking about it anyway, because the Steam Deck has done incredibly well. Lots of people are ordering it. Um, it's been overwhelmingly positive in, from what I, what I can see. I don't own one. Richard probably does um, <laughs> for his nighttime gaming uh, in bed. Um, but uh, yeah, I think if they just announced it on any other day, it would have done really, really well. But then they announced it on April 1st to like retcon the april 1st and you know trailblaze a new future and it just ended up being confusing and weird and they lost all momentum the thing yeah, from is a marketing like... perspective it doesn't make much sense does it like you know because you get just lost in the wash of just people making nonsense so i think that uh, maybe the, the thought process was like people will engage with the post because they'll be saying haha very funny you know april fools gotcha jk whatever but if people if there are people like me who would have just gotten you know what i'm not going on social media today because i really can't be bothered and i did i boycott social media on april 1st because i just couldn't be bothered so i feel like it probably did more harm than anything else having a look at it though it does look really pretty it looks prettier than the uh, the steam deck as well absolutely uh, the uh, the the okay. Personally, I don't like the uh, the concept of uh, a white console or white handheld controllers or anything like that. Mainly That's because you're dirty. I'm I'm a dirty gamer, <laughs> so like there's no there's the no way I'm going to handle a white controller. Or anything. It's not going to stay white long in prison, is it, Andrew? No, it's not going to stay white long in prison. And also, like when it's hot and humid, hands get no. It's just uh. no, no. You know, like the grey one looks really really cool. Oh, it looks. Okay, there's a comparison of what it looks like to the uh, the Steam Deck, and yeah, it definitely looks a lot better. It looks a little bit more ergonomic as well. I mean, at this stage, you're uh, just listening to Andrew use the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, moving on. (laughs) I don't know how I I wound up with this group of people, guys. (laughs) Please save me. Tell us something that we don't care about. I'll tell you what I don't care about. I don't care about Andrew's apparently problematic hygiene. How did we get? keep all of this in. <laughs> I'm just going to give Andrew a few minutes. No, I mean, so look, it's nice if to this see. was like actually live because then people could just see him oh. dying. <laughs> I like this. I like to see it. I like, and uh, you know what makes these sort of things possible now is cloud gaming, right? Because you wouldn't be able to do this sort of stuff without it. There's no ways you can pack a 4080 into a handheld device. First of all, you would be able to, you know, you need to go to the hospital for burns after you'd finished playing for playing with it. But like a custom AMD hardware, AMD is not super well known for for low power hardware. They're sort of getting there with the Epic things for the for servers, and, and they're sort of jumping into laptops and and handholds a bit more. So it's nice to see that they, they AMD did make some of the hardware that's inside one of the Xboxes as well. So I guess they have a little bit of pedigree in 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 gaming consoles. But it is it's it's cloud gaming that makes this makes this possible, and all these new handheld things. And you know it's gonna it's pretty exciting to see where it'll go. I mean, if you can if you end up being able to play AAA titles on a on a console, you know, while you're relieving yourself in the mornings, it's it's a good it's a good thing. Ten out of ten marketing ploy. That's what that's what I wanted for. It's <laughs> so much about my co-hosts tonight that I really never needed to know. <laughs> and you thought my hygiene is apparently questionable. I mean, what would you rather do? Like TikTok or Skyrim? <laughs> this is fair. This is fair. 
don't intend to spend that much time in the bathroom. Are you healthy? Yeah, you can see you don't have kids if you don't if you don't treasure your time. <laughs> yes, this brew. And now in this week's news that nobody cares about, the God of War Ragnarok composer has revealed the lyrics to the to his opening title theme from the game, and they're not exactly joyful. Composer Bear McCreary wrote much of the score and music for the game and even earned himself a nomination at the 2018 Game Awards for Best Score in Music. So it's got some prestige to it. If you're really interested in this, have a Google for the words, but prepare yourself for fun time, happy time lyrics like trust the boy, heal his rage, he'll leave, I've got no redemption. That's an uplifting. It's not. I mean, that sounds so dark. I, Nordic, I, I just have a feeling that most Nordic songs are probably dark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's you've, a got dark have, you've got to have some serious teenage angst if your name is Meg, right? <laughs> that's not Nordic, that's Greek. We're, you're on the wrong side of the continent. What are you, what, what are you doing? I mean, like, imagine if, 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 if emo music was around in, in Nordic times, Meg would definitely be the front lead singer of My Chemical Romance. I mean, it's going to be Jared Leto because he's an immortal vampire and he'd be carrying Nordic songs into England as they read. Do you think this do you think this song actually had lyrics or do you think it's a bit of a retrofit to just like put some in for a bit of a bit of publicity or what? I've never heard the song so I can't comment. It's just like an opening musical theme. Like Hold on, a... I'm going to I'm going to do an Andrew. I'm going to play the song right now. Yeah, Hold on. Use the internet. <laughs> so I can't say that I p- paid that much attention when I played the game, but do you hear singing when you play the game and the no, music plays no, or No. There's no oh, there's okay. no recorded lyrics. This is like lyrics that he's put in or published that were originally apparently part of the song that were never used or Oh, why do we care? Uh... Exactly. Uh, that's why it's in the news the nobody cares about. <laughs> you've you've done it. You've you've figured it out. Well done. <laughs> oh, 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 one of our co-hosts my work is here is done. <laughs> oh, oh, one co-host has finally realized why the segment is here. You see, it's quite interesting, but this week I'm just uninterested. Why? Why do I have to listen to that episode? Thank you for nothing. What, you're telling me that the Xbox toaster was interesting? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we spoke about it. It led down a path where I looked at other toasters. I was like, wow, I didn't know such toaster variety existed. And now I'm like, on what are you doing? after that recording? No, I almost bought a new toaster. Oh, Lord. Oh, right. what, you are what? very susceptible to advertising and product placing. Oh, Bless Mark. your heart. Oh. I do drink my own Kool-Aid. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, what a podcast. Well, that rounds up your news in gaming this week. Thank you so much for tuning in for episode four of your week in gaming. And once again, shout out to our friends over at Esports Central for partnering with us on this uh, podcast. You can find us on Twitter at YWIG Podcast and by email at yourweekingamingpodcast at gmail.com. I am Andrew, and you can find me on Twitter at my name is Pengu. Uh, I'm Sam. You can find me on Twitter at Nari Mizuki. Frog Boots. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Uh, I'm Chris, and you can find me at Jared Leto. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I could find you in Jared Leto by the sounds of it. Or other way around, I guess. Yeah. Our next episode will be out on Friday, 14th of April, 2023, at 7am GMT Plus 2, and across all major podcast apps and across all major podcast platforms. We'll see you next week, everyone. Bye. Bye. Later. Bye.